invite you to remain standing for the reading of scripture, which comes to us out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 3. We read verses 13 through 17. The Gospel reads, Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, the Scripture is read, as word is proclaimed. Help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. So the word epiphany, as we celebrated it last week, actually carries on a little bit to this week because the word epiphany actually has two meanings. Uh, one meaning is uh, to show forth. Uh, or to make manifest. And last week we, we talked about the visit of the Magi uh, to the baby Jesus. And this was an epiphany because the, the Magi saw the star in, in the east traveled all the way to give their witness to, the, uh, to, give their witness, uh, to uh, Jesus that even foreigners in a distant land recognized God's royalty recognized the birth of this king, of this Messiah. When they knelt down uh, to pay the newborn homage, they demonstrated their faith. This is one epiphany. But the word has a second meaning to which we're going to talk about today. An epiphany can also be a sudden realization or a significant insight. A moment of truth, if you will. Hence the title of today's message. According to both Mark and the Gospel of Matthew, when Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John, the moment he came up out of the water, Jesus saw uh, the Holy Spirit come down from heaven upon him and alight on him. Then he heard the voice from heaven saying, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Matthew wants to communicate to us that this moment was an epiphany also. It was a sudden realization. It was a deep insight. It was a moment of truth for Jesus turns out to be one for all of us as well. And, you know, undoubtedly Mary and Joseph knew because of, of the angel's message to Mary whenever he announced to her that she would have this child, Jesus. So maybe they knew from the moment that Jesus was conceived that he was God's son. Maybe, the, maybe they knew that he was the one whom God has sent to save the people of Israel. Maybe this was in the back of 
of Mary and Joseph's minds the whole time. And maybe they even brought Jesus up with the knowledge of his purpose and of his special relationship to God. But as Matthew sees it, it was not until the moment of his baptism that Jesus realizes the full magnitude of who he is and the mission that he was sent to carry out in this world. You know, this is the way we can relate, like growing up in the church, if that was you. One way is growing up in the, in the United Methodist Church. In the ordinary events or order of things, an infant is baptized, and when we baptize an infant in the church, we mark the child as a beloved child of God. At that moment, the parents and the entire congregation covenant together, not only with each other, but with God, to bring the child to church, to teach the child the ways of God. They vow to teach that child the Holy Scriptures, to bring uh, the child to different uh, ways that they can learn about God and move forward in their knowledge. A place also at the church where they can be surrounded by others who have also vowed and covenanted together to nourish the child in knowledge and faith and grace. And all this so that one day that child can for him or herself accept the way of Christ. And at a later date, typically at confirmation, which we normally do around sixth grade, that child decides to accept Christ for him or herself. The person marked as God's child at infancy accepts the grace of God shown in Jesus and in the body of Christ called church. The person makes that decision known publicly, professing their faith through confirmation by joining the church on a public profession of faith. This is the typical order of events in the Methodist church, but, and, and, and hopefully, hopefully when a person, hopefully at, at a child's baptism, and then hope, hopefully it is for the parents, and then hopefully later on when that child has reached the age of confirmation and accepts Christ for him or herself, hopefully for all involved, it's a moment of truth. Hopefully it is a sudden realization. Hopefully it's an epiphany. You know, Matthew's account of what happened to Jesus at his baptism is also like the experience of growing up in a more evangelic tradition. One that I grew up in myself, and I myself was baptized not in the United Methodist Church, but I was baptized in the Church of the Nazarene. And in some of those, in different faiths, uh, theology, we do not, or they do not receive, uh, they do not baptize uh, infants, uh, but they baptize folks when they have reached what's called the age of accountability. A day comes when a person is moved to go forward in front of the church, profess their faith in Christ, and the person then uh, is, is uh, uh, taught about baptism, about being uh, immersed in the water, and then raised uh, to faith and to uh, new faith in Christ. They become dead to self, but raised uh, in the new life as a member of Christ's body. Whatever the case may be, the language is the same. 
In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is the part that matters. <laughs> but of course, you know, epiphany may also come at a time other than confirmation or profession of faith or a baptism by immersion. Perhaps after hearing a really powerful speaker or you know, a really good sermon. You know, may, may, maybe, maybe a moment of truth comes at, at, in that case. Or, or maybe, maybe it, it's after a, a, a musical concert where you're moved by the worship music or whatever the case may be. Maybe, maybe it's after witnessing a miracle. Maybe a miracle of healing. Maybe a miracle of love, a miracle of grace. Whatever the case may be. The important thing is that we have that moment of deep insight in which we come to a moment of truth, to an epiphany that we are loved by God. In that moment, whether coming forward to, to join a church or, or to be confirmed or to be immersed or anything else visible to the outside world, but rather from the feeling itself in the depths of the heart. A moment of truth is about the person knowing unmistakably that he or she is a beloved child of God. That's what a moment of truth is. That's what a, an epiphany is today. So let's take a case study. Let's, let's consider the case of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement. Baptized as an infant in the Anglican church, confirmed as a young adult, discipled by a regular prayer life and, and a Bible study as a member of what his friends at the uh, Oxford University called the Holy Club. He thought Holy Rollers was a, a, a new term in this day. No, that was the term for John Wesley and his friends at Oxford, the Holy Club. John was, was educated in theology. John was, was ordained as a priest in the Anglican church. He was sent to serve as a pastor at a church, and he went overseas as a missionary. He said, the pulpit is not good enough. I'm going to preach from the streets. He did all of these things. Yet even after all of this, John, and he admits this in his writings, John did not have his moment of truth or, or his epiphany until one night, walking the streets of London. Maybe a lot of you know this story. At a place called Aldersgate Road, John listened as a Moravian priest read from Martin Luther's preface to the Book of Romans about how a person could not save himself by any righteous act or work, but that is only by the grace of God. God alone that we are saved. And in that grace, a person must put his or her faith. Folks, we can lead people to Christ. We can lead them to church. We can baptize. We can do so as a baby. We can do so as an adult. We can do so as the age of accountability. We can bring people in the doors. We can go outside the doors. We can feed. We can clothe. We can do all these things. But it is not us that does the saving. It is God that does the saving. Someone say amen. It is the grace of God that saves us. The question is, how are we bringing the experience of the grace of God to other people? 
that night at Aldersgate's role, uh, at Aldersgate, after hearing the words that we just experienced, John Wesley said in his writing that he felt his heart strangely warmed. Now, do you know the story? So clearly, it was not his baptism or his confirmation or his rigorous prayer life or his education or even his ordination, his services as a clergy person or even as a missionary, but rather that single solitary moment at Aldersgate Road that was for John Wesley his epiphany, his moment of truth, his sudden realization that he is a beloved child of God and it is the grace of God that does the work of saving. Clearly, the baptism of Jesus was a defining moment for him. It was a moment that was so powerful for him that he could actually see, visibly see, the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven, alighting on him as gently as a dove. I can picture the clouds opening and that, that stream of light that you see in the movies just kind of coming down slowly but steadily and assuredly and resting in the eyes of Jesus. It was a moment so powerful that he could actually hear the still, small voice of his heavenly Father speaking to him, saying, This is my Son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. You know, we can't ever comprehend what an epiphany must have been for Jesus, but we can see from that moment on, he was fully engaged in the work of his heavenly Father. He was fully engaged from that moment on about the business of his heavenly Father. He gave himself over completely to teaching people how to live, to respond people with compassion to healing them to forgiving them and calling forth their faith he never wavered he gave up his life for us so that so much that now all of these centuries later his life is more familiar to us than are the lives of many people in our own day and age Surely Jesus lives in all of us, even though our lives don't come close to being what his life was. <laughs> and we're not called to have our lives come close to what his life was. We're called to be his hands and feet, but we cannot nor will not come close to Jesus. Likewise, none of us can completely know or comprehend another person's personal, particular epiphany. But here's the important part, folks. We can see the results of those moments. We see the results of someone's moment of truth. We see the results of what it is when someone realizes they are a beloved child of God. The question is, what have people seen out of us when we've had our moment of truth? 
And for those still living out their testimony, be looking for what others can see through you as a result of your moment of truth. Even though John Wesley said the, the moment of truth came to him on Gate Road, the results of that experience were manifested in the way he lived out his life both before and after that event. So think about a time in your life, one moment that stands out above all the rest in which you might say that you saw the heavens open up and the Holy Spirit descend upon you like a dove. Is there such a moment for you? Is there a time that you could say this moment above all others was the defining, definitive moment in my entire life? The moment that I realized that God loved me. That there is nothing I can do to keep God from loving me. No matter how, how bad I may act, no, ma no matter uh, who I may associate with, no matter what I may do in this life, there's nothing in this world that can separate us from the love of God that we find in Christ Jesus. Someone say amen. <laughs> what does that moment look like for you? And, and like I said, maybe you haven't had it yet. So how are we looking for that together? How can we as a church help one another either live into their moment or search for their moment? This is the question we have going forward. A defining moment in someone's life is a moment you'll never forget. So live through it or live looking for it. And this is the gospel message today. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.